I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. The Enneagram is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram's a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. We're picking up here with the afternoon session of our conference on stress and security. And we're going to go around the circle and talk about each type falling into stress. Uh, you have a body. You know this. How do you know if your body's healthy? There's all sorts of ways to know, I suppose, if your body's healthy. When you feel like things aren't quite right, you could go through a handful of tasks. You might get online, go to some websites, ask some basic questions, put in your symptoms, put in your family history. Of course, some of you have tried this before, and sometimes it can take you in strange directions. It says that you have cancer. You said, but I think I just scraped my knee. And that's just how the internet functions. Or you might, maybe you get really courageous and you say, I'm going to flip open this huge human anatomy textbook because I'm sure that the answers are in there and you might browse pictures of guts and organs and spleens, whatever that is. I'm sure spleens are important, aren't they, Dave? Very, I've heard Dr. David in the back. Um, such pictures, in my experience, I'm the, do, I find these things rather gross. Do you find the, you're, you're comfortable? Say, I don't go to the human anatomy textbook because I get grossed out. Um, perhaps you could go to a specialist. Your body's not feeling good, go to a specialist. Doctor, nutritionist, they are the ones who have apparently have specialization. Life, you know, there are patterns in how human physiology works. Notice this. Your body, which you are never separate from, is incredibly complex. And knowing yourself sometimes requires years of training and insight. And though we're always aware of our body, we can find ourselves unable to even begin to understand the problems that we're having, right? How much more so your inner life, in the life of your soul, the life of your heart, you know? What does it look like for your soul to be healthy? What does it look like for you to grow as a human being, not just physically, but internally? This, is, this must be as complex or uh, even more complex, perhaps. And where do you even begin on that journey? Um, we can know what it's like to be physically fit and have our inner life still be a mess, right? Like your whole body can feel just great. Everything's cruising and you can feel emotionally miserable. Why is this? Um, you may experience as I do, like conflicts in relationship here and there, and they do something to you, right? You're just not feeling comfortable in your own skin. Um, or, you're, or as we've talked about a handful of times, you're, you, why is it that anxiety seems to have so much power in my life? And you try over and again and nothing works. And that's where we're going to try and hit some of these sort of topics here this afternoon. Um, the ancient poet asks, uh, why are you downcast, oh, my soul? Why so distressed within me? One of my favorite quotes on this front is from C.S. Lewis who says, you don't have a soul. 
you are a soul. You have a body. And, and, but even here, the poet, and we know how this feels, can apparently look at their own soul. And you know what that feels like. Right? It's, it's as though I can actually observe and connect with all these parts of myself and ask hard questions about them and, and understand myself from outside. And that's essentially what we're doing when we use Enneagram as a diagnostic tool. It's like, like, just like a doctor might look at your physiology. Like the Enneagram is one of those tools, one of those ways of just coming to the inner life and saying, okay, what's going on here? Let's pull it apart. Let's break it open. Here are patterns. People that look a whole lot like you Share your motive, share your type. This is where what they've experienced and where they've gone, where they've struggled and how they've overcome. And all of that can be incredibly helpful. I've heard from others who are uh, pilots, who are airplane pilots, that one of the ways of doing navigation today is perhaps like a pilot might be flying over somewhere, you know, they're flying over Kansas and, and suddenly the, you know, the plane starts to shake. And what they do is it's, they're experiencing turbulence and they navigate, but what they end up doing is radio it back to everybody else who is flying that same path and say, hey, when you approach this point in time, this is where the turbulence starts. So important for us to have people who have gone before us, especially if they're wiser than us, you know, if they're a little bit more mature, they have you know, more insights they have experience that can communicate that to us. Enneagram can be fantastic on these fronts. Finding the people who have our type and how did they navigate all these things, hugely important. And so that's where we're going. Enneagram at its best is a tool. Enneagram at its best is a language. It's a language about human motive. And we're going to use it to jump into some stuff. So I want you to notice something at your table. And I want you to notice, again, the movement to your stress number, specifically in terms of your center. Once you're moving from an action-oriented center to a feeling-oriented center, and that's important to, to name when you, when you fall into stress. And twos, again, feeling center to doing center. And threes, you've been on stage for a long time trying to get the attention, but now you're going to get off stage and you're going to act in order to make things calm. And fours, uh, you're going to stay in that center, of heart, but you're moving from internal to outward. And fives also, staying in the thinking center, but again, moving from specific focus to wide focus. Sixes, moving from thinking to feeling. And sevens, moving from thinking to doing. Um, been in your head, use some action-oriented tools at one. Eight, you're moving from doing into a withdrawn thinking spot. And nine, you're moving from a withdrawn acting spot into more of a reactive thinking. This is the dynamic of our stress move. Um, and it's just important to name. And what we're gonna, so what we're gonna do, so we, we had a survey, we have a, some of you will know uh, Cambry Ross. Cambry does research for us and artwork for us. All of this stuff, by the way, has been created by the phenomenal Cambry Ross, who you can find on Instagram and when she posts. She goes under Enneagram Cam, and she does really great stuff. She has like 50,000 followers, and she'll send out surveys occasionally, and she did survey work for us in terms of this, and some of the people who responded to those surveys were just communicating, this is what goes on when I'm in stress, when I'm in security, and what we ended up doing was sifting through all that, trying to bring some language to all of our common experiences. Some of these people are going to be right on, some of these people are going to be kind of askew, trying to figure themselves out, so just know it's, it's kind of a, it's, it can be a mixed bag, but it's a conversation starter. 
And especially because you'll know your type and you can talk to the people at your table about their experience, this is just gonna get the ball rolling. So we're gonna talk about, the, about stress and, and falling into stress. We're gonna talk in part, the stress move here is the low side of stress. As we kind of pitched before, the stress move sometimes can feel like we're out of control and falling into somebody else's world, other people's tools. Uh, sometimes that can be an unhealthy move. Sometimes it's a survival mechanism. Um, but a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about up, up front is going to be the I have moved. I didn't go there intentionally. It's something broke. Now I'm really stressed out about it, and I couldn't even solve the problem, and now I'm using stress tools. So what we're going to do, and this is where I need your help, is um, we're going to go through each of the numbers. I'm going to pause on each of them. You'll see quotes on, on the screen that just kind of unpack the idea. But if you have like questions as we're going through each, we can address one or two questions. And then at the end, we have a summary of all the types. And then we'll just talk about things around our table. So just love to invite just more open conversation as we go. We'll obviously throw in our two cents. And that's how this is going to roll. Once we're moving from action, focus to an error focus. Uh, some of the things that ones might communicate about their stress move look like this. There is a separation from doing. There is a relational frustration that might emerge. Ones are gonna become a lot more aware of their emotional interactions with others, especially what went wrong yesterday or a year ago or five years ago. Um, there's that pass-orientedness. It's something they're gonna pick up at four as they're dealing with stress. And oftentimes, ones can become overly introspective. Um, these are all part of the stress move. You got anything stand out to you there? The, uh, so much of one's inner life, is, it's like it, it all of a sudden comes out in this stress place. Like it, it becomes much more prominent. And, and now it's, it's a focus on the critic and the version of things that are, the, the version that's telling me that things are going wrong and here's all the bad things that I did and here's all the ways that, that other people have messed things up for me. Um, I, I really like this quote, I can be more self-absorbed and just try to shut the world out. Like it, it's like ones who are constantly trying to fix what's happening out there and fix themselves when they enter this stress place, it's like everything becomes much more internal and focused on myself. This self-absorption of that you can find in a four place comes out in a big way. Bang. Twos. Twos are gonna move from focusing on others' emotions to getting control. Uh, twos who are so aware of the emotional lives of the people around them and outwardly focused on emotion, where fours are inwardly focused on emotion, twos are often outwardly focused on emotion, oftentimes to their detriment because they're not focused on their own needs. And what happens in stress is you are moving to that place of action where you need to get control over all the things because you've been serving, running yourself ragged for others. That might look like aggression. That might look like creating personal boundaries. That might look like getting a lot of control and insisting on control right now. Um, and that may result in your feelings all getting funneled into a space of anger. Uh, 
other quotes are uh, like they become more confrontational, uh, more dominating and arrogant. Like this is this is the space where a two, which is naturally more giving and and caring and like solving other people's needs before they know that they need those things solved. Now we're gonna do it my way, and I don't give it what you think. Uh, a lot of twos. <laughs> can definitely relate to, like, this is the space where they get called the B word. Right? You were so nice before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when that stress place comes out, they bring on the, the confrontational nature, the, the out-there-ness, the aggression of the eight. And it's like, that, this, this is where the bear lives. Thoughts, questions? Anything we're saying about two stress moves? Part of, you'll notice, part of the stress move is, again, cutting off your center. So I no longer care about your feelings, and then the, that's the stress move in part. Or I can overrun your feelings, or I can push past your feelings. I can act in spite of your feelings aggressively, and that's all eight. Um, that's a, there's some eight tools right there, which can be helpful at times. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. I had I went to an attorney and I'm very gracious to opposing counsel. I'm very nice and sweet. <laughs> if they don't shake my hand or they do something, they turn. Yeah. And it goes badly for them. <laughs> because I feel like I'm giving up myself. I'm doing all there this. And, and it, a, another great point to, to survival, like it's really easy for the rest of us to trample on twos. It's really easy for us to take advantage and to trample on twos. And we know that it's gone badly, we, that we've gone too far when the eight comes out. And that's not necessarily because they're now a jerk. It's because we have pushed them too far. And this is the, this is the way that they survive. Well said. Threes. Threes are uh, moving from that grinding ambition out in front on the stage to something like a, a retreat to physical rest. Uh, some descriptions of threes and stress might be that you have hit a wall and you have to stop. Uh, there is the withdrawal that comes at three. There is what we might call the sloth at three of I don't care anymore about things that were important. I, I'm simply going to go into hibernation. Um, and there is very much the conflict avoidance, the desire to repair all the relational um, fragmentation that might be taking place. Uh, threes in stress might just want everybody to be okay and everything to be calm again. 
Uh, one of the most uh, telling examples of this that I that like made this click into place for me, a friend of mine who was a three was in a position of leadership, and he reached a point where he he felt like he could not be successful in that position any longer, and instead of saying, "I can't do this," what he did was he stopped attending the meetings. He stopped being part of the organization that he was actively currently a leader in. And like, like basically he just withdrew. And then later some other things happened that like really showcased what that was. But, but his reaction to the stress of not being able to be successful, not being able to, to do the work to help this organization be successful, he just left and without actively leaving, which is a great nine thing. We'll step back and disappear without anyone really noticing we've left. And like the, this, is, this is the way that threes do when, when they enter into that stressed place, they just withdraw. Anything we're saying on the threes? A question, I don't know if this is a pattern or just a coincidence, but you guys were helping us clarify that um, with the or the uh, more stress center, using the words unproductive, and it's really interesting that in the first one hitting the wall, it says, unable to do anything productive. So a three, who's used to being able to do thinking and doing well, moves to a nine, who has a repressed doing center. So is that, is that like, that's not a coincidence. That's no. Specifically. Uh, it's worth footnoting that, yeah, when you move into your stress number, the stance is going to be all over that which would include exactly what you're saying, um, the, the unproductive elements of your stress number stance are there. That was a mouthful. Uh, I also want to invite, I know we're a little far into this for this invitation, but if, if we ever say anything that like you do not believe is correct from your own experience, please tell us. Truth. We need to learn that. So if we ever say anything wrong, and if we need to correct anything from the ones, twos, and threes. Please let us know. That's okay. Fours. It's again the case. There's an inward focus on your emotional life and your heart that characterizes fours. And in stress, it's more of an earning the love and attention from others that move from four to two. So you're staying in the heart. It's going outward. Um, this can get characterized, there it is, mental spinning, so the unproductive thinking that twos experience, now fours are experiencing it. Um, the needing and understanding that one needs love is coming forth in stress. The things that twos struggle with in terms of shame and in terms of pride can get amplified in those spaces and the unhealthy focus on other people's needs. That is, now there's energy from the four, of seeking to serve in order to get. And so um, I liked this idea of a savior complex can come up when I'm unhealthy. Thoughts? I really like this quote. I, I tend to overcompensate and focus on others' needs. And when I overcompensate, I'll do anything the person asks me in order to earn their love and affection back. And so there's still that sort of like central focus on the, the, my own internal life, which lives at four, but then when they're in that stress place, all of a sudden it's like, now you need to validate what I'm thinking. Now you need to validate what I'm doing, and I'll do whatever you need in order for you to give me that thing that I'm asking for. Thoughts? Good. Thank you guys all for 
the... How about it, Zeus? Do you have a savior <laughs> complex? <laughs> There, I'm just now putting together that this is the perfect way to think about pride for twos. Like the, the savior complex and tied with pride. Thank you. Thanks for helping with that. Go ahead. Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of, um, I'm, personality is not just the Enneagram, it's also how we were raised, the, the cultural experiences we had, um, uh, gender plays a role in, in a lot of our personalities, and I, I think that there's a lot of these things, savior complex I think can definitely exist in most types. Um, twos are prone to it. Yeah, eights in unhealthy security will go to two and can develop that as well. Um, the uh, yeah, but I do like that understanding twos, and this is just a way twos navigate of the I'm giving in order to get is simply there's there is a transactional element that may never get spoken, but is an assumption that this is how this is how we do things. So. Do it. That's a great point. I'm so glad that the room is acknowledging that, like, the collective, oh, like, this is a great, like, this, there's, there's things about this for every tie, but this is a really great example of how we, all the rest of us who are not that type, do not understand that sometimes we're feeding bad behavior. Yeah. We can point to this with sevens really easy. With sevens start yep. to become more healthy, a lot of people in their lives are like, you're boring now. I don't, I don't, don't come to my party. I don't want to see you anymore because you're, you're not fun anymore. And that's an unhealthy way for us to treat sevens. With the fours in our lives, when they are being overly generous to us, when they are being overly helpful, when this part of them comes out, it is not something to celebrate. We need to help them get back to center because they are in stress in that place. And it's like, when we see these kinds of behaviors that are not normal come out, it indicates a movement for each type, so. To piggyback on that, we'll also obviously, we'll talk about the high side of stress, and that's another thing to encourage, but go ahead. That is an excellent turn of what I was trying to think. Uh, for all of the rest of us, we need to be careful about not celebrating and taking advantage of your generosity. For you, it's a little bit different. 
<laughs> it's good to embrace these tools. It can be really helpful and valuable to embrace these tools to start to think a little bit more about yourself, and we'll get into that when we get on the high side. But all of these things, like the stress move is a survival move to help you get back to your center, and we want to celebrate and uphold balance in our center. That was good, though. Fives. Uh, fives are also going to stay in the head in their stress move. And again, it's very directed focus to this open-minded thinking. Some of the thoughts that came out of the mouths of fives in terms of their stress move look like this. There is the franticness that comes in moving to seven, uh, especially searching for exits. Uh, where are the ways that I can escape stuckedness? Uh, there's the spastic thinking that might materialize, and these might feel very uncomfortable. Uh, there's the fear of missing out, and um, pain avoidance. Um, well, that's why I suppose five could speak more to that in terms of, yeah, I mean, that would characterize sevens, wouldn't it? Never mind. Go ahead. What do you think about that? Uh, I also really like, uh, I get aggressive, but this inevitably leads to my feeling exhausted. This is a good place for uh, another spot for us to remember that that when, when fives are picking up seven behavior, it's not necessarily something to be celebrated because it is draining them. It is taking a lot out of them because that move, that aggression, the constantly like seeking out other things, the, the bigness of themselves at five, at, at seven is exhausting to them. It drains their tank so much faster than just being normal. And their tank is limited in the first place. So if we celebrate this, we might be pulling too much out of them. Just to piggyback, the, the binge eating, binge drinking, binge watching television, it's, uh, it strikes me as worth, worth naming in terms of unhealthy habits that might be just a sign. So thoughts on fives? That works for you. Sixes. So again, moving from thinking to feeling, there's thinking about the group often and thinking about what might get the group to an elevation of my personal value, which threes will naturally do in terms of elevating themselves in an assertive way. Sixes will elevate themselves, but that can come across in um, unhealthy ways. Elevated action. The tasks can be, again, aimed at recognition and I need you all to look at me sort of imagery. There's a heightened focus on self-image and decisions elicit relational anxiety. Um, that last one's worth talking about in terms of uh, the shift from the head to the heart for a six, because it seems like sixes are quite relational, but this is a different kind of th thing going on, yeah? Yeah, this is, I, I think that when sixes move into stress, especially in, in unhealthy ways, when they, when they pick up some of that stuff there, there's, there's a sense of, defining myself based on what other people think about me now and, and whether or not I've done the job well or, or, or whatever else. Um, someone said that they get jealous way easier when they're stressed out and, it, and it's because that, that filter sort of shifts. It, it, it adds an, another hue to, to bring in other people's opinions so much more than the system or the hierarchy. Like that, that's normal for them, the system, like let other people tell me what to do, that's great. But now, what other people think about me as a person, this has become something a little bit more prominent. 
and it comes out in big ways in stress. Thoughts from sixes or on sixes? Anything we're saying here? Yeah. Because I've already done the worrying ahead of time. No, it's action time. It is almost a barn, the last thing you should be in the ocean lane, if you will. But if you like in regular lanes, then you're always worried about what's going to go wrong. Things are already going on. I don't know what to do when things are right. My husband laughed at me because when something has ended, sometimes I'll worry about what could have happened. The beginning of that first quote is, uh, when it has to do with my child, i.e. she's sick and I don't know how to help, then yes, self-doubt and anxiety bubble up and I'm not a pediatrician, so how could I know what's best? But in an emergency like a national, natural disaster, like the, the stress is not necessarily the terrible thing that's happening. The stress comes through in the places where I don't know what terrible thing might happen. I don't know how to handle this situation. They've well thought through a lot of the disaster kind of things that might go wrong. And when they find sixes reacted wonderfully during the pandemic because they had a, a lot of them had already thought about what if there's a worldwide pandemic or what if things happen and we have to deal with this. And a lot of sixes thrived when every, all of the rest of us had no idea what to do. But in those somewhat normal places, in those, in those spaces where my kid is sick and I'm not a pediatrician, that's the place where the stress comes in. And now, what does the pediatrician think? What does the pediatrician think about me as a parent? Like this is, they're gonna think I'm a terrible parent because I don't know how to solve this problem. It's like, well, it's not the thing that you solve. You give them, you go to the doctor and give them some med. But this is how sixes think and, and process in stress. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know, there's a spectrum for sixes that, that we talk about with uh, phobic being prominent on one end, and that's outward fears, things are going to break, uh, what are we going to do about all the things that are going to break, and then there's a counterphobic, which basically says, I'll show you how unafraid I am. And I, I'm gonna lean into the danger. I'm, I'm gonna jump into these spaces. And so uh, we believe that sixes exist on that spectrum and some sixes might be more on one side or the other, but you have access to all of it at all times. That's what we believe. Um, and I think that with the stress move, it, it will depend on where you are on that spectrum about how this comes out. So the recklessness is a bigger word for sixes on the counterphobic, whereas fear is a better word for sixes on the phobic side. So sixes who are highly phobic and enter into a stress space, now their fear is going to manifest in, in that, like what do people think about me and, and what's not getting done and like making a plan about all the things that we have to do to get done in order to be, to, to 
be successful, to be seen as successful so that I can get back to my space. And the recklessness will come in in a look at how flashy I am, like a little bit more attention drawing, like, like reckless and fearful. These are good ways to think about that spectrum and all of the, the ways that sixes move will be informed by that. Go ahead. Okay. Um, How you might uh, the way that I tend to think about this and six table can correct me the the problem is self doubt and what do you do with self doubt on one one option would be cowardice and another would be recklessness the reckless person still is the recklessness is materializing because of self doubt I'm gonna just run in to this situation, but I haven't trusted myself, and that would be the distinction, but the root, which is important, is, this, is the self-doubt. I don't know if that is hitting. I think that nailed it, because then, because if you're in stress, it's reckless, because I need to be a three now, and prove to them that I'm not phobic, yeah. even though I know internally he's phobic. Uh, I'm fearful, I need sure, to prove sure. to you that I'm not fearful, yeah, yeah. I know I'm fearful. That that's how you're relating to anxiety? <laughs> I think I have the question as like obviously there are wings and so, you know the way that the numbers color by you know closer one wing to the both. But just looking at the sixes that we know and seeing some that show up as like a six or five wing, you have both, but that we've noticed and it could just be the sample size is too small. Sure. Then seeing sixes that kind of more resonate with the five space tend to show up as more phobic. I see what you're saying. More of a seven wing sure. tend to show up I my answer is the exact same, and I didn't say it because my sample size is too small. Right. Yeah. yeah. It seems to me like sixes who have a stronger five wing than a seven wing are lean more phobic, um, and vice versa. But I don't. I don't know enough sixes to know if that's true, and I also think that the the it's a spectrum that you aren't you're not stable, you're not stuck in that place. I think, like my my partner is a six, and she is counterphobic, a little bit more counterphobic with her family, but she's a lot more phobic at home, and um, so circumstances are a big player. things that we're going to move on to sevens. One, when TJ says instincts make everything messy, this is, you can feel it here. Notice how yeah. just complicated all of it ends up becoming. Um, it, it can be worth 
and all of these things kind of to focus in on the, el the elements of the specific person can be real helpful and elicit from them. The Enneagram is a tool for your own inner life and sticking there can be real valuable. Uh, sevens. Uh, I will also say, uh, especially for the sixes in the room, this is an area that has a lot of confusion around it because sixes don't trust themselves enough to tell the rest of us. So we're guessing on a lot of this. So sixes, we need you. If, if you have wisdom to impart on especially the counterphobic phobic thing, tell everyone you know. We need it. We need it so bad. And, and we trust you to relay your own experience. That goes for fives as well in terms of you guys are just keeping everything in. Uh, sevens. From free-spirited dreaming to organized action. Some of this in terms of the seven move to one looks like um, taking hold of space. Um, you're much more aware of your body. I want to be at home and comfortable. Uh, insisting on order. Things have broken. I was going 1,000 miles an hour, and now we need to get everything organized. Uh, frustration. Both sevens and ones are idealists who can be frustrated, but that obviously the the one-ish side of frustration, I imagine, comes out. And the move out of the future into present-mindedness, but that can materialize in an unhealthy way as rigidity, um, is worth naming. Thoughts on... on, on well, I'm sorry, I should have turned that to you. There's a, a natural expansiveness with sevens, and when they move into this stressed place, like there, it gets a little bit more black and white. There's a right way and a wrong way to do things, and uh, can often become a little bit more judgmental because you're doing it the wrong way. And I'm super frustrated about that because now I have to fix it and I'm stuck here because you didn't do the thing you were supposed to do and now we have to deal with this. Great, thanks. Thoughts on sevens? Questions on sevens? Do it. It's going to come out confused. If I so uh, sevens who are naturally sort of in a gray space, uh, everything is possible and, and everything has different shades. And when, the, when faced with negative experiences or emotions or, or problems, that, that black and white thinking can help create a barrier between them and the bad thing. It's like, like now, instead of having to see the minutiae and sit in whatever might be a, a real issue, now we can just black and white. There's work to be done. There's an order to things. Now I, I don't have to think about how that might be. I, I don't have to sit in the negativity because the, the rules are defined now. That's great. I think that's well said. It's also the case, black and white thinking, and this goes for one's self-defensive one that I am, black and white thinking is a tool. And it, can be, it can be used for great good. It also can be used for terrible things, and it's worth naming. Okay, yeah. We don't want to be judged. The aversion to that, because I think, like, black and white 
right? Restricted. We'll see some of the. This is this is absolutely true and worth naming on the negative side. There can be a positive side for seven sevens who commonly sevens can struggle with addiction, and the order and black and white nature of one thinking can be a real helpful tool to grab hold of if you need to get sober you know, something like that. And that, that ends up being just worth naming in terms of, again, black and white thinking as a tool. It can be used for good purposes. It can be used for bad or the rest. Last thought on sevens? Please. lot of sevens who, I don't know why this is the case, I know a handful of sevens that surf, they go to the same beach, but that's a, it's a physical engagement, and that's, we'll talk about high side on, in a minute, obviously, but that physical engagement of a, of a space that is theirs is kind of what came to my mind as you were talking about that. Anyway, uh, eights, again, moving from doing the thinking, this is a, a step of withdrawal, it's a retreating for understanding. And um, this, for, from what I've heard, and eights can speak more of this, this can be very fast for some eights. Um, I'm going to retreat into my head. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to move back into action. And for some eights, it actually is. They stay there for a while. The, some of the things worth saying here, that's, uh, <laughs> everything's aggressive. So this, the stepping back hard move, um, becoming more critical, the living in your head can be there, especially when it comes to here's what might get me and causes me anxiety. And sometimes eights won't want to confess that side of where they feel vulnerable or where they feel afraid. But that will truly materialize in the five space. And yeah, and again, anxiety increases. Yeah, this is one of the places where eights take their ball and go home. And like it, it might be a split second for them. And most of us who know AIDS and love AIDS, like, like we can feel that withdrawal really intensely. And it may not be as noticeable to them as it is to us, but like that, that stepping back and like that withdrawal of power is so fascinating to watch. And, and for them, again, it's about survival. It's like my power is not winning the day anymore and I'm gonna 
take it away. I'm gonna step back, I'm gonna process and, and figure out what I actually feel about this or what needs, like, or give the other person space. Like, it, like that's, that stepping back, that removal of their power can often be like really intense for the rest of us. Good comment. Yeah. Eights are very eights? quick thinkers, and that move to five can be very quick for them. The most <clears throat> unhealthy expression of this may look more like there's the withdrawal, and then the eight says, I will feel vulnerable if I'm back engaged, and so I'm just going to make my home here, and you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to stay withdrawn. That, do it. that happens for me yeah. when I don't care. Sure. Yeah, I think that, that detachment yeah. is also a big part of that. It's, it's, it's not just a removal, but it's also... It's, I, I am not engaged with this thing anymore because I don't care about it anymore. Right. I, I, I cared a lot and I, I made every attempt to be a part of that. Yeah. And now because none of what I'm offering is being received at all, I'm going to take everything that I have to offer. Yeah. You'll notice this with the four, five, nine also, the just all withdrawn, drawing. The, there's something about purpose and meaning. When that's gone, it restricts action. And those kind of go together. Yeah. And I think that the part that I know is most toxic for me is when nine tenths out of what I'm offering is really good for everything. Yeah. Real quick, because we're, we're, we're going to run out of time here in a second, but Jess, and did you have a thought?
Sure, sure. It's yeah. good. Um, we'll hit nines, and then what we're going to do is I'm going to have you turn to the folks at your table just to just kind of process according to your type. Nines move from from uh, action, keeping things calm, to that earning thinking side, active peacemaking to reactive thinking. Uh, some thoughts and feedback here. The elevated disquiet, again, anxiety game picked up there. What if thinking, reacting to others? Again, you're, there's the movement in stance from withdrawal to reaction, and some of the mental unclarity that can characterize sixes can come into the rhythms of a nine. What'd you say? Uh, overthinking the what-ifs of a situation, trying to decide on how to proceed, then leads to o being overwhelmed with too many things in my brain. The nines, like, we, we hate conflict, and then when anxiety comes and becomes a prominent part, nines who are naturally like, everything's gonna be fine, we'll go with whatever and just see how it, it's, it's gonna be fine, guys. In that six stress place, Everything is breaking, and I cannot figure out a way out of this. Right. And, and now, like, I, I literally lost two, over two hours of sleep last night worrying about a problem that didn't exist. Like, I could not remember what we were supposed to do for lunch today, and I was certain that it was my responsibility to have planned lunch, and it was too late to text Jeff. He was definitely asleep. But... <laughs> I couldn't remember ever having a conversation about it, and I'm just spinning and spinning about, did we have a conversation about it? I can't remember, am I supposed to be, what are we gonna do if there's no lunch? It's like, we're surrounded by restaurants, it's gonna be fine, but I couldn't think my way out of it. It just stuck in this unproductive thinking, and, and like, it's just pure anxiety, because we're working so hard all the time to keep the peace that when, that when that stress comes in, it's like everything is breaking and I'm gonna think way too hard about all of the things that could go wrong here. I should have mentioned this a, a while back, but just to put a special footnote on for all the types, this is a great example of moving from your coping style to your stress number. So nines are gonna be positive outlook. Everything's gonna be fine, everything's gonna be fine, everything's gonna be fine, and then it snaps. And then they're terrified, right? And the move there from coping style to stress can feel like that because, again, they're suddenly, you're chopping off your motive or your primary center and moving there. And so all the types have that, as we kind of said. The, it, may, it may feel abrupt, the movement from I'm problem solving, I'm problem solving, to now I'm in, now I'm in stress, and the stress number is kind of catching me. Uh, final thoughts on nines. I have two things to say about that. One, I don't think that numbers change. I think, and Jeff can get a little bit more into like being born into a type, but I think like one, whenever it happens, once your type is solidified, it's that type through your whole life. And we change and grow and, and pick up different personality things and, and adapt to our surroundings, but our type, our primary motivation never changes. Two, Trauma breaks everything, especially unaddressed trauma. We don't talk that much about trauma because we are not even remotely qualified to speak into trauma. Uh, 
because we're not psychologists, we have no formal training, we don't have a ton of experience with like real intense trauma. So we, we the, the rule is trauma breaks everything, especially unaddressed trauma. And trauma can be one of those things that causes people to manifest a different type because they're acting outside of themselves. And, and the work is to resolve the trauma so that they can come back to their type. Would you f put the next slide from Mother Shed? What I would love for you to do is turn the person to the folks next to you. I tried to outline some of these things, but some of the, we'll spend like 15 minutes again kind of talking with one another. What comes up for you here? Where do, what do you see in yourself? Um, worth, what's worth talking about, given your types? I would love for you to communicate with one another on this front. We'll pause here, and next time we'll be talking about the high side of stress, the good and useful tools that are available at our stress type when we're healthy. Hey, as always, we would be incredibly grateful if you would give us some stars on Spotify and iTunes. This helps other people find our material. And secondly, if this material has meant a lot to you, there are ways to share it with those you care about. Some people know about Enneagram and you could simply share this conference or this podcast with them. But for some of us, we have friends who are just getting into Enneagram or know nothing about it. TJ and I have created a podcast platform for just those people. It's called Start Here. If you look it up on iTunes, it is green and white. If you look it up on Spotify, it's also green and white. <laughs> you can share it from both those podcast platforms. In fact, it's on all the platforms to my knowledge. This is specially designed for people to jump in, to take our type of test, which is a narrative test, which is the only type of test that we really affirm. And it gets people into finding their type, exploring their type, getting the basics for their type, and showing them how to use Enneagram. Lastly, throughout 2023, we're getting together on Zoom once a month with about 20 or so folks to talk about relationships. If you're into this and would just like to explore these ideas with TJ, with me, with others, we would love to have you. Very easy to get signed up. Just go to aroundthecircle.org and click on events. There's a way to sign up for our, our Zoom events there and uh, you know, we'll email you notifications and, and these have been incredibly helpful for me and I hope for lots of others. The uh, intro music, as always, is by The Collection and this outro music is by the great Brian Claxton. If you love this podcast and want to support us, you can always do so on Patreon. And again, if you are one of the approximately 2,000 listeners uh, we have who have not yet given us some stars, it's your, it's your time. We would love, love, love your help. So that's what I got. TJ doesn't got anything else. And I'm Jeff Cook. And who you aren't isn't interesting. <laughs>